All right. Mr. Daniel Allen, welcome to Mint. How you doing, man? I'm good, man. Thank you for having me. Yeah, bro. Thank you for being on. Let's jump right in. Okay. Uh, you made a lot of noise on Twitter in the last couple of weeks. So first off, congratulations on launching your first crypto project, Overstimulated, which is based off an EP that you're releasing soon. Uh, but before we even go into that, okay, tell me about yourself. Who the hell are you? What should people know about you? We'll start there. We'll, we'll take it away. For sure, man. Yeah, so I am Daniel. Uh, I'm from Louisville, Kentucky originally. My family is from Kiev, Ukraine, former Soviet Union. So shout out them. Um, but yeah, I had like a pretty musical upbringing for the most part. Uh, in some senses, I think both of my parents were in music, like my mom's d degree is in musicology. And then my dad like was in bands growing up. So I'd always seen it my whole life. Um, but, you know, I, I kind of did the route where I took piano lessons as a kid and uh, was kind of forced into them like i had a super russian piano teacher and she was like i remember like she would like take her thumb and like put it into my back for like good posture and like i never really had a choice of like what kind of music i could play um and so i i kind of fell out of love with music i think in a lot of ways when i was a kid uh and then funnily enough i ended up playing tennis that was like my way out of doing music um so i took tennis really seriously and when i was like 15 or 16 i kind of started to get a little bit burnt out on that um so music actually became my outlet, um, you know, to, to just, it became my outlet in general. So yeah, yeah. that's generally the story. Are your parents musicians? Yeah. Yeah. My mom is, uh, in fact, like when I took piano lessons, I was really bad at reading music, but my mom could read sheet music like none other. So like to get ready for recitals, she, I would just ask her to play what I was supposed to play and I would just memorize how she played it. Uh, yeah. And yeah, my dad, my dad grew up like in bands was like a super, was like super cool. I mean, like it was, you know, he ended up doing like, he ended up being like a scientist essentially, but it, yeah. it was more like throughout high school. My mom did pursue it though a little bit more seriously. So I grew up like having it around for sure. Got it. Got it. And siblings, do you have any siblings? Yes. I have one older brother. Thanks, Max. Are, are they, are they musical as well? No, he is like creative though. Uh, okay. He, he, for a long time, he was working on like cinematography and stuff like that. Got it, got it. Okay. Yeah. So you're a musician at heart, super talented. How many instruments do you play? Dude, just piano and really good at computer stuff. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do, do you find that a lot of musicians nowadays tend to have like very dual uh, skills between like the tech side and the, the musicianship, musicianship side? Yeah, so I think that um, just generally things like in the boxes we call it, which are like just being on the computer, has opened a lot of doors for people who maybe don't have as much of like a standard musical background. I think that for someone like me, I, I know enough piano to write songs, but I definitely don't consider myself a pianist. However, like I think that like having these, this many resources, just into, like for me, I use Ableton uh, mm -hmm. and things like Splice, really the accessibility to people becoming artists and people becoming producers is like a lot easier than it's ever been. Um, yeah. So I think that there are, there are multiple types of kind of producers. I think that there are people who maybe approach things from the technical side a little bit more and kind of just strictly stick in the box, kind of like myself. Um, and there are people who literally will just use their computer as a way to record their instrumentation. But I think that it's kind of like the best time right now to be a producer. Yeah. You know, I wanted to have you on one. I'm like full, full disclosure. I bought into your Oberstein project on mirror. So right. for everybody that's listening. And the second thing is everybody has a unique journey into crypto into web three. What was yours? And as a follow on, what were you like before crypto? Hmm. Okay, so let me start with the first question. Um, so the way that I got into uh, crypto was, 
through my friend Cooper Trooper, Cooper Turley, who's like, he was a project manager on Overstem and he's like now become one of my closest friends. But the way that he and I met actually, but the way that he and I like started working on the project rather was I was doing a show in like March or April. It was low key. It was like still like very much at the height of COVID. Um, and I did a show in like my friend's backyard uh, in Sherman Oaks. And it was, um, I made like, I did kind of like two parts of the show. So the first part was like me putting out, was me playing like music that was already coming out. But then the second half of the show was like me playing seven or eight, just totally unreleased songs. And I invited like a bunch of like music industry, A&Rs, friends, things like that. Um, and after the show, they had all come up to me and they were like, oh man, like we're really stoked on your new, mu on your new music, blah, blah, blah. Like let's, you know, let's, let's keep the conversation going. And one of the other people that came up to me was Cooper. And he kind of mentioned, hey man, if there's ever a way that I can help you put out the music, then, you know, I'm happy to have that conversation with you. Um, so a month passed and I, I had advanced in like some of the discussions with various labels and whatnot. And I didn't necessarily, um, I just wasn't a proponent of like some of the deals that were on the table to be blunt. Um, and so I revisited the conversation with, with Cooper and I was like, Hey man, like, you know, I've, I've kind of shopped these around a little bit. I haven't really found anything that I'm super stoked on. Um, why don't we talk a little bit about, you know, a little bit about how you think this can work. And, um, from that point on, he was like, you know, I want you to, my first steps were minting on catalog. So I did my first series. It was called the drifter series where I'd like go to a random location, take a disposable camera, um, and you know, mint NFTs like that, just with like uh, audio and the cover art. Um, and I minted those on catalog and that was definitely like my first foray into it. Cool. Um, yeah. So that, and then after that, I mean, the, the, I spent three months kind of in discord servers and individually talking to people on Twitter and whatnot. Um, but the second question that you asked, um, what was I like before, um, web three? So I, I had, um, I moved to LA in January of 2020. Um, when I was in school, I was very much doing music with school on the side rather than school with music on the side. So I would spend every summer just kind of, I, I wasn't seeking out any internships or anything traditional like that. Like I would just be here, live on like my friend's couch and just try to do as many sessions as I could. So when I moved here in January of 2020, I definitely had like the privilege in a lot of ways to wave the full-time musician flag. But by the same token, it wasn't very glamorous. Uh, like I think that I had done some small deals and whatnot, but primarily I was doing a lot of things that I wasn't passionate about. Um, because in my mind I was like, Oh man, like if I can just, if I can just weather this storm, right. Of like, you know, being here and doing it, then eventually I'll, uh, something will figure itself out. But I think that the nature of it was really, I was just doing a lot of mixed work, which mixing is really important to me. I, I understand the technicalities of it. I just wasn't necessarily as passionate about it as I am about my own music uh, and just creating music in general. So I was, I think in some ways I was happy that I was in LA and doing it. Uh, but I think at the same time, I thought that there was a lot more out there. So kind of the intersection of my music career and then web three was like a perfect fit. So when you got into web three first, you, you just mentioned that there was a lot more out there. What does mm -hmm. web three have that kind of possesses more out there, right? Like what, what did you kind of like come across that, that you're like, like, shit, like this is where I belong. This is what I need to be doing. This is where my focus needs to be. Sure. Well, I think like the first thing that stands out is definitely there's a very big sense of community. I think that people throw that word out a lot. But one thing that I kind of realized early on was if I'm to put out music, I really don't have like a direct way of talking to fans. Uh, like I can post something on Instagram and someone can like and comment on it. I can put out a tweet and someone can, you know, maybe respond or like it or retweet it. But Web3 and Discord, uh, I mean, I know Discord is like typically a Web2 platform, but so much of web three lives on discord and that was the first way that i could directly talk to people who care about me and care about my music and that was something that web three aside like didn't really exist you know um and web three was kind of what what got me into discord in general 
Um, I think another thing was like when I started my mirror crowdfund, I had like 200 Twitter followers or 300 Twitter, fo Twitter followers. Like Blau, who is so incredible for what he did, was already somewhat established like as an artist, right. like, very established. For, for me, like I was just a ground zero for the most part. And for people to, to really like take a risk on me and to believe in me like that was something that I don't think could have happened in a Web2 world. So interesting. Such a, such a unique insight coming from someone who's as like grounded as you and then comparing it to someone like Blau who killed the game, set the totally. example for many, for many artists. And I'd even argue one of the core reasons why we saw a lot of, a lot of the snowball effect in March. Um, and I think it's so cool. Like you as a musician, what, what are the details of, of you? You're not signed to a label. You're independent, right? Mm -hmm. You have a manager? Uh, not right now. <laughs> oh really okay yeah. wow okay yeah. i feel like you're gonna get a lot of dms after this now <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay so you're independent you don't have a manager it's just you and like your creative team and pieces of, of individuals from web3 from crypto etc do you think that's the future of how artists are going to be organizing treating themselves as a startup uh i mean to be honest I've had the, I've had this conversation a few times with friends because we've all like talked about management and things of that nature and without getting like too much into management. I think that probably because with management, I think that there are it's kind of a tall ask unless someone is already in Web3 to kind of pursue that. I think in general, I think that like my kind of philosophy with this it is pretty entrepreneurial. I just kind of find people that are really good at what they do and I give them the keys and I'm just like, this is your thing, you mm -hmm. know, like. Cooper, for example, like with him, I was just like, yo, dude, anything that is like super logistic, super like tokenomics wise, like I'm going to lean on you for, but nothing else. For Lisa, my creative director, girl of the year, I'm just like, dude, like everything creative, like the way that we want this to look, like that's you. Like for me, like I want to focus on two things and that's making music and being as involved in the community as possible. Like those are the two things that are coming from me. Like I have Henry, my community manager, I have Maria, who's in charge of like finance and budgeting on things. But generally speaking, like, I really like how this is working because it's like, I, I just, I think that there's like, I just trust everyone who's involved, you mm -hmm. know? Uh, and, and I don't think that there are any like hidden motives, you know? Yeah. For so. those who aren't familiar with your music, can you talk a little bit about your genre? Your genre and like yeah, yeah. Is? Yeah, for sure. I think that um, the music that I have out is somewhere between like, it's like somewhere in the electronic and pop realm. Uh, I think that overstimulated, I am taking like a little bit of a turn. Uh, I think that I've always kind of, enjoyed like working in a hip-hop space and like enjoyed like the more electronic side of things so i think that moving forward a lot of my music is going to be definitely like electronic without a doubt but has more indian hip-hop influence um but yeah i think that's the genre that, yeah, i mean that's and, when i'm when i'm asked that at a party that's like my answer yeah <laughs> and when people ask you like some of your biggest inspirations that led you to pushing out your most recent pieces like what do you fall back on yeah for sure i think actually recently I think Kanye West is probably uh, okay. really, I have, I have a picture of him like right over here, but I, I think for better or worse, like politics aside, I think that he's like an incredible creator and an incredible musician. Uh, and I think that like Chicago, I'm from Louisville, Kentucky, but my brother moved to Chicago when I was a kid. He's 15 years older than me. So Chicago is very much my like my city growing up. I mean, it was like the first time I went to a music festival and it, you know, it was really like the first downtown that I had ever seen, the first skyline I'd ever seen. So mm -hmm. I think there are a lot of reasons that I resonate with him and his music. Um, I think that like, Flume is like the first artist that I've ever seen live. Uh, and that definitely like changed my shit up for sure. So I don't know if I'm allowed to cuss on. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he, he was definitely like one of the first artists that I saw live and I was like, wow, that's really cool. So I would say like primarily like those two are in the conversation of like people that inspire me the most, but there's cool. so many others I can pick up. 
All right, let's let's jump into uh, the Web3 side more, okay? Yeah, uh, and, and specifically, focusing more on you as an independent artist and using crypto primitives to own your creator economy, as people like to say, okay? Sure. And doing so in a way where you're building your own team, that each individual in that team specializes in their own respect, giving them the autonomy to do what they do best. And you focus on the music, this person focuses on the crypto, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. When you were building this team out, when you're preparing for your mirror post, when you're about to go live and literally getting into the trenches of Discord, how was that process like getting started? And what were some of like your biggest fears, if any, or concerns that you had getting started? Yeah, I mean, I generally think if you have uh, fears, you're NGMI. Like, I think that generally speaking, like <laughs> you have to just kind of go all in on it and send it. Because for me, like my worst case scenario here was I put out an EP that maybe has like a thousand or a couple thousand dollars into it. And I could make that work. Like that was like my worst case scenario, but my best case scenario is I kind of like was a small part in like changing the narrative and like the music discussion. I think, as you mentioned, like I was definitely like in the trenches and I think that was probably the scariest part is like in full disclosure, guys, like I'm in the scheme of things anew. like I have fundamental understandings of a lot of things in the web three space, but I've had to lean on a lot of my friends for advice. But I think the earliest, the hardest part of all of that early on was like finding the people that wouldn't, that weren't embarrassed to like answer my questions. Like I would get in on all, like I, I was telling, I've had this conversation with Cooper before. Like I, when I was first starting out in music, like all of my friends sucked with me. So we could send each other stuff and we weren't embarrassed to be bad. And we weren't embarrassed to like send bad music to each other. Cause we knew that like, we were all on that level. When I had first started out, like in this web three world, which hasn't been too long, it was really intimidating to find people that we're also noobs like me. So what I what I did in building out my team was kind of just being as transparent as possible and like asking stupid questions. Like I for every 10 questions that I would ask in random Discord servers, like maybe one or two people would get back to me, but those people are my friends now and people that I can really rely on. And so I think that the kind of the biggest fear here was, you know, just being afraid of like sounding like a noob, but I think as I as I joined like I was fortunate enough to like get an FWB early um and obviously like that's one of the best platforms to kind of openly ask questions, you know? And um, I think finding those communities early on, as soon as I did that, that was kind of the catalyst where I was like, okay, I can really get moving on this. Yeah. I think the, the hardest thing to do is to get to that mentality where you feel comfortable feeling like a noob, feeling like yeah. you know nothing and not being scared to ask random people random questions, right? right? And being okay with being the dumbest person in the room because that's part of growth. That's part of learning something new. It's part of experimentation. So I think you're you're, you're spot on with that. Uh, oh, dude, I, I, I so I yeah. sorry, just one note. I hope yeah, that yeah. I'm like the dumbest person in the room for the rest of my life. Like that's like that's like the best case scenario because then yeah. you can learn from like everyone. Yeah. So sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, no, no, spot on, <laughs> spot on. Uh, let's talk about overstimulating. Okay, the yeah, reason why right. I have you here, uh, and also we'll get into the, the party bit stuff that you're that you're messing with too, which is super super exciting. But for starters overstimulated the EP, the monumental mirror post, making 100K uh, in one hour, 20 ETH in one hour, right? And fulfilling your crowdfund in what, about 24 hours, less than 24 hours? Like 12, yeah. 12 hours, okay. Yeah. I gave like the, 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 the highlight keywords right now. Take me from start to finish. What is over, overstimulated? What is overstim? How did that come to fruition? Take it away. All right, so I'm gonna go back just really quickly to the Cooper story. Yeah, um, I had started minting on Catalog um, because I wanted 
I kind of wanted autonomy in the NFT space. Like I wanted to, what minting on catalog did for me was it kind of showed me the, the super bare essentials. Like it, I set up my MetaMask, I got on Uniswap, you know, just very, very simple stuff. And after about a month of posting on catalog and people like gauging some sort of interest in like my art and like what I'm working on, I, I went back to Cooper. This was about May. And I was like, okay, man, like I am ready to drop. Like the songs are ready. Let's send it. And he was like, you know, absolutely not. Like you have to spend months in the community. So for three months, really all I did was like talk to people and say hello. And it was stuff behind the scenes. Like it was like most of my days were on Twitter and discord reaching out to people uh, individually. Um, so in terms of overstimulated, after I had kind of, I think, paid my due diligence in that sense, when we were ready to go, I mean, there were a lot of um, setbacks. I mean, we had to, you know, we had to find artwork people, we had to find canvas people, and, you know, we had to make sure that the distribution was set. Um, but in terms of how it came together, I think that Cooper kind of had assigned me, he was like, look, I'm gonna, I can take care of like the tokenomics and things of that nature so long as you write like a story and 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 for me like i've i've been like a passionate music maker for all my life but even and, and i've enjoyed writing as well but even then like i felt a lot of pressure to make sure that i really got the story right um because for me like like i said this was like the first time outside of i guess blau being like a big artist like a small artist like myself yeah. was going to do something like this um so in terms of like getting over i mean if you want me to talk more about like what overstimulated is for people who don't know i'm not I happy to do that I want, I want you to take me from a to z so keep keep on going where you're going because i think that's also a good point to bring up the whole comparison to blau again right and, but continue yeah yeah so i mean i think that um for me the first thing that we had to kind of go through was the logistics i think that most major label deals are like an 80 20 split um, for me, I was like, okay, look, I'm just going to give up like 50% of my artist share. And I just want to gauge the interest to see like, who's down. Like maybe the people who I've spoken to over the past few months are interested, you know, maybe like there are other people in like the pro like project management's network or whatever the case may be. Maybe there's some people in FWB. Um, and I think that the music, I, I think that a lot of the, the way that a lot of these things work sometimes is like, it's kind of like, here's like a sum of money. Uh, like whether it's a label or whatever the case may be. And then we want you to give us an album down the line. Some people have the album ready. Some people don't. For me, it was like I had the music ready to go. Uh, so by the time we, I think that the craziest thing of all of this is that like people like believed in the project without hearing the music. <laughs> uh, I think that that was, you know, that's like, that's pretty crazy to me. Which let's um, pause there for a minute. They believed yeah. in the project. They believed in you without actually hearing the music. They might have searched you up on Spotify and saw some yeah. like, you have over a million streams on this one song and you're active, you're publishing stuff. So you have some type of presence, but people believed in you and the idea and the model that you presented to the crypto world, right? To the crypto. Right. Okay. Yeah. So continue on that. And I think that that's something that I was a little bit like scared of at first, because when I like in some of my like preliminary meetings, like I wanted, I was like, man, like I, I want people to really like mess with the music. And I, and I think Cooper just kind of like reassured me earlier on. He's like, trust me, like if they like believe in you, then like when the music comes out, it's only going to be like a cherry on top. So yeah. I kind of focused on like, like I thought of like some artists, for example, and, and one, one artist that came to mind is like Liliati, right? Like a lot of people just really like him as a person, like music aside, cause he's just like, does cool shit. Like he has, he has a cool personality and he's just like a fun guy to be around. So really like a lot of it is like his music or even like Omer Fetty, right? Like a lot of people just know that he's like this super sick energy in a room. And then when his music comes out, like it obviously like speaks for itself, but it's just like a cherry on top of him being a cool person, you know? So for me, I was like, I kind of wanted to kind of to do, to reverse engineer it that way as well, where it was like, look, like I'm trying something totally new. 
Like I, I have, here's the story. Like I have 200 Twitter followers. And if you guys believe in this, like I promise that the music will be worth it, you know? And because to me, like this is definitely without a doubt, like my best body of work. Like I'm incredibly, incredibly proud of it. And that's why like the risk was so big to me early on is because I was like, man, like I don't want to jeopardize the music doing well in terms of, this is like me, my thought process like six months ago, really. Um, but I was like, man, I don't want to jeopardize the music doing well on traditional metrics because I'm so like immensely proud of it. But I just tried to explain that in the post, you know, I was just, I, I tried to like bring that emotion over into it and like hopefully people bought into it. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing that you brought up that cannot go looked over is that beginning component of spending time in crypto and being in the trenches of all these different collector communities, discord communities, et cetera. So walk me through that first three months too, because I remember when we were sure, talking sure. behind the scenes, you're like, that was like the most critical thing that I feel like spiraled the success of Overstim. And, yeah, and by yeah, the I, way, and I think, I think that's something that people like look over and they're like, okay, I'll draft some your post. I have this idea. I'll put it out there. Let's get the, let's get the money, you know, but it's not like that. Yeah. Well, for me, like, it, I think it's not like that because it's not glamorous. Like, like I said, I came to Cooper in May and I said, the music is ready. And he was like, you're not even close. That three month window really, look, man, I, I had put out music once a month for 15 months. And I, someone had someone who I barely know knew came up to me and he was like, Cooper. And he was like, yo, dude, like you have to focus on this. Like you have to go all in. So for a three month period, all I was doing was one, figuring out what Discord was because I, I had no semblance or, or any reference point for that. Two, figuring out like the servers and just like, doing my research on Twitter, I would say like 10 hours of my day, probably like eight to 10 hours of my day was individual outreach. I think that some people had tried doing like the crowdfund, I think, or, or similar things to it. And I think that that's like a missing component that because it's not something that's advertised because mm -hmm. it's not like sexy or cool to like get laughed at by, for asking stupid questions for like six or seven hours out of your day, you know? But like, but as soon as I made like my first friend in there, um, you know, early on, which was Jeremy Stern, like who's the, who's one of the guys on the dev team and catalog. And he was like down to help me. And then Brett Shear, who like bought some of my first early NFTs, like as soon as I like met those people and they were just down to help me. And these are people who are like very knowledgeable in the space. Like they work on like life-changing platforms or, or like super prominent investors. Like when they were down to help me, then I was like, that just gave me all the confidence that I needed. Just like the first, yeah. the first and second friends. So then when I was like getting like all those no's for like three months, like it was no biggie to me because I was like, I know like there's another Jeremy and another Brett out there that are just down to help me down the line. And now I'm at a point where like, if I have like a super specific question, I know which friends I can rely on. And that's like a pretty great place to be. That's awesome. And I know I, I looked at the, uh, at the amount of collectors, if I recall, there were 87 exactly. Yeah, and great. I want to ask you this question because I think new people coming to the space don't realize like the, the proportion between how many collectors you know versus how many are new friends. So mm -hmm. from those who, who, who put a dollar to where their mouth was and they supported you, et cetera, how many of those did you know and how many of those did you not know? So I need to look at the list, but I would say it's probably between like 40 and 50% of the people like I had, I had spoken to in one way or another. And I think the rest was organic after it took off. Got it. Got yeah, it. I, would, cool. I would say that's where it's at. Cool. And did you get any like legal help before? Yeah, I mean, I had I had asked a lot of like music industry friends, uh, and just had asked like a lot of lawyer friends, uh, just like you know, is this okay? You know, uh, how did things look? But I didn't. I never like hired 
a lawyer to actually like yeah. look at everything. It was more just like asking me favors and just being like, yeah. yo, does this section make sense? And this makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Can you walk me through your emotions that first hour of, of seeing uh, 20 ETH? <laughs> yeah. In, in yeah, dude. Fund? I what, remember. What were you doing? Where were you? Like, walk me through that day. <laughs> that, dude, that moment. I, funnily enough, I was at my friend Grady's house. Uh, Grady is also like a musician who is like, get, who's like pretty involved in the space. And it was me, him and Bloody White, who's also like super involved. And um, we were, Grady, Grady just dropped an album yesterday and he was like showing it to us. He wanted us to like come in and listen to it. And I had heard it a few times because he had sent it to me. Um, so this was like kind of like my third time listening through. And, and I think that the weird thing about the fund is we dropped it at a weird hour. Like me and Cooper went back and forth on when to do it. Like we were going to do it the next day. Actually, the morning of when we were doing it on a mirror, like we were going to drop it at like 11 a.m. The way that the structure, the way that it was structured was there were the three categories, silver, gold, platinum, and then there was one winner. But then we realized that you can't do like you have to do a podium and then you have to do like, you know, have like a big pull for all the other bidders, but you can't have like a one winner. Mm -hmm. And so we needed two additional NFTs made that day to because we had the NFTs for silver, platinum, gold and winner. But we had mm -hmm. to make two more. So shout out to Metza because he made the other two podium nfts that day he sent it to me after he got off work because he has like a full-time job and it was like 7 or 8 p.m like we were still making like edits to it after like months of staring at this doc and like i think it was like 9 or 10 p.m something like that like later in the evening when we had you know when we had put it up so i was in the other room um like by the had, way like, it was 10 6 p.m there you go okay there you go, go ahead. there you go yeah 10 p.m and uh i had clicked submit like um publish this crowdfund like I was on FaceTime with Cooper, had hit publish this crowdfund, and then I sent the link to my phone just to make sure that it worked. And it was at one ETH, by the, what, just from like sending it to my phone. Cause I, cause I had published, hit the tweet storm, texted it to myself and checked and it was at one ETH. So I was like, okay, like it's crazy, like, like whatever. So I go and I, I sit down and, and Grady's gonna show us his album. And I was like, yo, I just published it. Like now I can, now I can chill out, relax. But of course, like I have the urge to like check because I saw that like, I texted it to myself and it was like one ETH. And um, like we're, we're after the first song, he plays the first song on the album. It's like two minutes long and I check and it's at three ETH. I'm just like, I show, I show bloody white, like Lucas sitting next to me. I was like, yo dude, this is crazy. And uh, <laughs> like the album just keeps going and, and Grady's just kind of like vibing out. And he just like is looking back at me and my eyes are just huge. Cause I see it's like, it was like three ETH and then it was like seven ETH and then it was like 10 ETH. And I'm just like sitting here and, and Lucas is just like, yo dude, this is, this is nuts. And so like, I, like I had, then I like go on Instagram and everyone's like posting about me on Instagram. And then I go on Twitter and everyone's like talking about me on Twitter. And then, and this is all within like the 40 minutes or however long his album is. Like I just had, by the end of the album, it was, I think it was at like maybe 15, 16 ETH or something. And I'm just like, I'm just sitting there like, we're all just like, and that's when Grady was like, oh man, like I, I'm like, tell me more about like what you're doing. You know? Cause it was, cause we were, cause, oh man. Yeah. It, it was, uh, that night was just a blur because it's like, I felt like everyone in my life called me, you know, like it was, I stayed up just talking to people like everyone's like asking questions everyone's like oh like how did you do this um yeah dude it was a trip the, the way that it all happened Insane. Um, yeah Insane. i remember the feeling very well i texted my parents it was a, it was a proud moment <laughs> yeah amazing dude all right so today's saturday october 16th okay this is the day we're recording yes. overstim crowdfund finished what september 28th okay uh what has been the progress been like so far what what, what has went down what talk to us as a collector right and as others who are listening like because in that mirror post, and I'll link it into in the show notes, you go like very detailed into what he's spending their money on. 
uh, how long the timeline is going to be from when you guys are actually going to see the, the EP, et cetera. So right totally. now, October 16th, where are we? Uh, right now, we're six days out from the first single, which is coming out October 22nd. So the way that it's set up is there are three singles. Uh, Say What You Want with Deegan is out October 22nd. Feel Like That with Ida Rose is out November 12th. Wow. Too Close to Bloody White is out December 3rd. And the project is out January 7th. Sick. I think so far what we've done is I have all of the artworks ready for every project. I'm still working working on like finalizing the visualizers for it. And I'm and I just got someone on PR. So we're like finalizing, you know, just the general marketing push and things of that nature. I think that for me, the music part to me is pretty standard. Like I've always like I understood how distribution of work has worked. Like I've been in music, I think, doing that for a few years now. I think that to me, the biggest learning curve and the things that I'm personally focused on the most is making sure that I'm being active and like to kind of hold the attention of everyone so i'm just like being as active as i can on twitter and really 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 like hyper focused on the discord community like to me like for the first time in my life like i have this responsibility to 87 people like i don't necessarily like to think of them as shareholders because it's like i think that it's a little bit too uh yeah. i think yeah. proper for the for the yeah. scenario but i but i have 87 people that believed in me and i kind of have this duty to be like yo like i'm working my ass off so like for me, I'm trying to just like live on the Discord and I'm trying to like make that as cool as I can and make sure that really like that every single part of the project, like people feel like they got their money's worth for essentially, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, for me, that's about where it's at. It's really exciting. I mean, there's that there was definitely this awkward buffer period of like a month from like the fun ending to the first song coming out. So it's kind of a relief that it's like I can finally be like, yo, like here's the package and it's coming soon. So yeah. we're making we're making really good strides and I'm really excited about it. And I do like I'm doing a overstim call in like 15 minutes so nice. definitely like come by and i'll talk more about it nice and before we, we pivot to like this new project that you're working on as well while you're pushing this project um right. me being a collector 80s other six people in the discord being collectors and, and contributors do you imagine including them in the creative process for example like doing, a like doing a live stream in the discord be like yo this is like track number three what do you guys think should this be should this snare be on it or that snare like you imagine yourself doing stuff like that Right. I mean, I think for overstimulated, like I already have the masters for it, but I think okay. that in general, it goes beyond overstimulated. And I think that like, there's still plenty of creative ways for people to get involved, like on the artwork front, on the visualizer front, especially like there's a drop that I'm going to do in there. Essentially, that's like, okay, here are artists, here are people that I want to work with. I think, or, you know, like I want your all thoughts. I think that that's definitely the development of what I want in my career is I essentially want to have all of the people backing me and all the patrons be as involved in the creative process as possible. Like I want to send like, 30 demos and be like which of these are the sickest let's do a poll like let's like do you guys have any thoughts on like who this can sound like do you guys think who could be on this song i want to do everything like my, my big in the big picture thing uh is to have the patrons involved in the creative process 100 yeah. percent. Yeah. yeah i think that's the way to go i really think it's the way to go okay let's pivot for a minute um party bid okay so mm -hmm. yeah. catalog party bid uh new new songs that you spun out of nowhere and you just yeah. literally published and tokenized and spent like what you told me behind the scenes like 5k uploading yeah. and making sure they're on chain and yeah. what is going on there you published a tweet storm too a couple days ago like walk me through that and how does that how does that differ from overstimulate yeah okay so kind of to preface that like overstimulated is my number one priority i think that it's definitely like the biggest project that i'm working on it's the one that means the most to me like it's all of my music right i think at the same time and I got this advice like early on. I think that I, I think that a lot of people think a lot in this space and don't necessarily do as much. And I'm for better or worse, just like an executor at heart. Um, so I, I just like 
if I have an idea, just acting on it. And if it works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. I think that generally speaking, like everything I'm doing, hopefully will lead back to overstim because I'm giving a percentage of all of my sales from NFTs back into overstim, like into the treasury. Um, so the project that I just dropped um, is, it was more of like a passion project again and like to drive eyes back into it. But generally it's called Idlewild because we did it in Idlewild. Mm -hmm. um, and we is me, Bloody White, and um, our, my creative director, Girl of the Year, Lisa. Um, and so Bloody and I, I guess this is my first time public, publicly saying this, but we're starting a band next year called Pollen. Uh, it's going to be like all after like overstimulated comes out. Oh, uh, that's like a totally separate thing. But it, we wanted to do like a soft debut to kind of get ingratiated into the web world in general. So we did in, in 36 hours, we did five songs together. Um, Lisa did all of the artwork for it. Um, and it's probably like, I think the coolest shit that I put out on catalog in terms of like, it definitely like heightened, like from an artistic and musical perspective, I think that it was like, the first music that I've been able to put out since the whole crowdfund has happened, which has obviously been very like creatively liberating for me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's these five songs, we, we threw them into a project and we wanted to kind of like act quick on it because my overstim is coming out next Friday. And like, that's what my, like my week is about, but yeah, we wanted, I've never done party bids before. I wanted to experiment with that. So all five of the songs are up on catalog using their new spaces feature, which I wanted to experiment with. And uh, there's a party bid set up for every single single. And every for those who single. don't know, every single single, yeah. <laughs> for those who don't know what Party Beat is, give us a quick recap and why is it so like critical to music, for example? Yeah, I think that Party Bit is sick. This is my first time using it, but I think it's critical because in, to, to my knowledge, correct me if I'm wrong, I think that you can contribute like any amount uh, of ETH and then you essentially just own like a percentage of that NFT. Like typically, I think their biggest one was like a zombie punk, which was like 3.5 yeah. million USD. But it's like people can contribute X amount and just own X amount of the NFT. And I think that the thing about like my crowdfund is I think the lowest contributor was 0.05 ETH, which is what, like 170 bucks, give or take. Um, and to some people that's like, I mean, I think that is a lot of money in general, mm -hmm. but what if someone wants to contribute with like 30 or 50 on yeah. like a smaller scale? Yeah. Um, that's why I think party bit is really interesting. Is And the other thing about it is it definitely creates community because it's like, oh, like I feel like I am involved in this regardless of my stake, yeah. it's like not necessarily a competition or whatever, or about the money per se. It's just about like creating a group similar to like owners of a crypto punk or, or, or people, you know, owner of a board ape. Um, so I think that's, what's really interesting about party bit and why I'm like super keen on like experimenting with it. Yeah. Just to add more context for, for creators who are listening, party bit is basically a way for you to collectively bid on an asset that you want to own together. Mm -hmm. Right. So you basically have a, an asset, there's a shared link, you access that link. And then if, the community reaches a threshold of what they want to purchase, then that's collectively split that, that asset. So if it's an NFT, it's fragmented and split it uh, to everybody that bid on it. So, so in case of, in like in the, in the use case of a song, like you crowdfund the success of an NFT from even your, your micro collectors, your macro collectors, or just like everyday fans. Right. Um, right. So that's like the inspiration for what I understand. Right. Yeah, exa exactly. I Amazing. just want everyone to feel involved, even cool. if they don't have like the financial leverage of a whale. You know, cool. and and how's that going so far? I mean, I need to promote it more okay. <laughs> for sure. I mean, it's yeah. definitely like, like I said, it was definitely like a quick window of experimentation. But I've had people hit me up about it, which I think is like super encouraging. Yeah. I think that I I want to talk about how it's like relating to overstem a little bit more because yeah. I don't want any I don't want anyone to like be confused. I think, like I said, like my portion of sales on this is going to go back into the you know back into the overstem treasury. This was like more of a passion project for me. Right. Um, and but I like think, I said, I think that's important because that was my next question. Like, how do the two tie together? And also behind the scenes, when we were we met up yesterday, 
I was like, it all works together. It's all tied together, right? And I think, Dude, like you take the Gary V approach. Gary V tells people just post shit, just post content. Nobody cares. Yeah. Post, 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 post. You know? And yeah. You're, you're I mean, taking that approach. Yeah, dude. It's just like people see the people remember like the W's. You know, like I. That's kind of my approach here. Is like I've yeah, like have I had NFTs not sell on catalog? Sure, but have I had things do well? Of course. And I'm like, you can't. When I was in college, I did this thing where every single day for my entire career in college, I sent out five emails to music industry people uh, a, a day, like weekends included. So the way that the breakdown was, it was 35 emails a week. Five of them would respond. Three of them would respond with a no. One would res would respond with a maybe I'll get back to you. And one would respond with a yes. And over the course of the year, that's 52 like new people and new approaches that are involved. But you can't find who that one in 52 is if you don't if you don't try the other, if you don't send the other 35. Yeah. So for me, like like I said, man, this is so much the Wild West right now that I am just going all in on experimentation in general. So I think that in a way they all tie into Daniel Allen, like myself as a project, you know, whether it's over STEM or it's not. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that it was also kind of my, the last thing that I'm going to be doing before over STEM in general. So it's just something that I wanted to get out there and not wait until later, because like kind of my next few months are really just, you know, 110% focus on over STEM. That's awesome. Uh, before I let you go, I want to ask you a little more like technical questions for anybody else that wants to follow your footsteps and is exploring this independent route of, of crowdfunding or success, successful EP, project, album, whatever it may be, and then building a team around it. Okay, so for starters, sure. how do you go by pricing a song? What goes into that? Like, um, how do you determine you talking... whether something is like 100K a, a song or like 1K? You know, like how do you are find you, that balance? Are, are you talking about for like a catalog post or for like a mirror crowdfund? For example, like a catalog post. Okay, so a catalog post, luckily you don't like the thing about digital assets is like the value is only created by the creators like before that like a value doesn't necessarily exist so it's kind of up on the onus to the creator to decide um so if you throw something up on catalog which i would encourage people to do you just need like 0.05 eth and gas maybe like with how things are right now like 0.07 eth you don't even have to set up an auction like people can just throw offers at you like my first nfts were selling mm -hmm. like 0.2 eth and i was grateful you know that anyone was even interested in doing that. So I think that for artists who are looking to get into it, you'd have to invest like a couple hundred bucks to cover like your gas fees. But you'd be surprised because like there's catalog is still like very early on, even though it's starting to gain like a lot more traction. Like you could just put it up and see what offers come at you. Because at first I also had no idea what to price mine at. I only like decided on pricing the crowdfund and things of that nature after I found out that there was an interest in general, but mm -hmm. any new artist can just post on there. Like if, you know, once they got onto the platform. Yeah. And how much does it cost to put something like Overstim together? Would you say? Um, in terms of, it really only costs gas. Uh, I mean, are you referring to like putting the project out or are you referring to like my well, the project? The project has variable costs depending on the artist, depending on the project. Right. I'm talking from the point of view, the project is ready. Now let's bring it on chain, mint it, start a mirror campaign and go through that process. Right. Dude. I think, I think the minting was like 0.1 or 0.15 E. Like it wasn't crazy. Like I said, the, the kind of crux of all of this was my individual reaching out to people yeah. uh, and just making sure that there was a really dope story behind it because like the price of putting it up wasn't too crazy. 
you know it's not like yeah. i don't think it was like that heavy of an on-chain lift because it's not like i was uploading the actual like wave files you know all i was uploading was like a document i love it man what what an example to future creators future musicians um what an exciting time to like be in the space throw shit at the fans see what sticks and have success come from that as well yeah uh, go ahead yeah yeah yeah, one note I just want to give to to every creator is like you guys are early. Like there is you can like play outside of the rules and kind of make your own job description and do it your own way and it's like I know that it takes a leap of faith, but you should not not to be cliché, but un until you jump like your parachute won't open. You know what I mean? So you should you definitely it's a Steve Harvey quote, but like definitely go all in on it and just see how it goes, you know? If it doesn't work, it doesn't work, and you can go back to trying your own thing. But I think that it's such an exciting time for me after my crowdfund. Like the money was cool, but the coolest part was like the 250 plus artists that reached out and they're like, "Man, like I wanna, like I wanna try this. Like I feel like there's a new way now." And I think that way exists if you really just put time and effort into it. And I don't think that it takes like a super smart person. I just think it takes someone that is like down to experiment and down to try things out because. There's definitely a way that isn't the, this traditional a label owns your masters and you just kind of, you know, you see what happens. So Yeah, yeah. I think that's a perfect place to end off. Uh, Daniel, you're the man, bro. Where can we find you? Where can we learn more about you and your, your upcoming EP? Chill yourself. Shout it out. Take it away. Yeah, all right. So definitely join my Discord. <laughs> I, I'm sure we'll find a way to link that in here. But yeah. on Twitter, I'm, it's at I'm Daniel Allen. Daniel Allen is spelled A-L-L-A-N on the Allen because a lot of people mess that up. It's my middle name. Uh, I'm on Instagram as Daniel Allen Music. And yeah, I think that that hits everything uh, for the most part. And, and if you so want to look at my mirror post, oh, sorry. If you want to look yeah. at my mirror post, it's DanielAllen.mirror.xyz. Perfect, bro. Perfect, perfect. Uh, and we'll have you again soon after the EP comes out and we'll do recaps every now and then kind of following your, your career, following your, your journey in Web3. But bro, I appreciate you being on much success uh you're gonna kill it obviously uh but we'll get you next time peace awesome thank you for having me brother cool. and we'll end it there bro that was great all right cool